Puck is behind the Vegas goal. Leonard with his back up against the crossbar, just waiting as the final seconds come off. The Knights win it, five to one. Vegas takes over. Smith comes out to the neutral zone. Deals right. Marchessault fires. He scores! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Smith to Marchessault. 4-2 Golden Knights. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. And welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Wallace out on the homestead, Millard live from his estate, and Chapman back inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports, Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the. Is that your natural reaction to the fact that you found out earlier this afternoon that Keegan Colasar, the star of last night's performance and victory over the St. Louis Blues, will be joining us on the VGK Insider Show in Fox Sports Las Vegas in just a couple of minutes, uh, early in hour number one. Were you that excited? I think it deserves another woo! I agree. It's uh, it's going to be fun to chat with uh, Keegan, who's... Uh, turned his uh, his career into a, being a full-time National Hockey Leaguer and has done uh, all kinds of different uh, roles and played different uh, positions and different lines this year. So he's ready to go, uh, contributing to a night in which the Golden Knights maintain their three-point lead on the Colorado Avalanche for first place in the West Division and bounce back from the, the result against the Los Angeles Kings with a dominating performance against the St. Louis Blues. And uh, I'm looking forward to our rankings and our ratings uh, from last night's uh, 5-1 victory over St. Louis. Uh, it's got to be on the upper echelon. Whether we go full Bob Ross on it or not uh, is uh, going to be determined in hour number two. But uh, it was a, it was a strong game. It was a it was a great game for the Misfits line, a controlled mm-hmm. game defensively, uh, a statement game for Mark Stone. And how about uh, how about that performance by Keegan Colasar in the end? Just to just to put the exclamation point on it. Yeah, I mean, top to bottom, it was a fantastic effort from the Golden Knights. And, you know, one in which I I think we were going into it a little, I don't want to say concerned, but worried, I guess, about where that energy level was going to be for Vegas, who was playing in a back-to-back situation, played a ton of hockey of late. And the energy level was exactly where you needed it to be for the Golden Knights. And while you look at the final score, 5-1, to one, you'll be impressed by the goals, and they were certainly impressive. It was the Golden Knights' commitment to defense and really limiting the St. Louis Blues. Just 16 shots on goal for St. Louis in the game. That was really what stood out most to me about the Golden Knights last night. 13 shots through two periods, and it was a 1-1 game, but it didn't, didn't exactly feel like a 1-1 game. Like Vegas carried the play and had the opportunities, and when they broke through, and uh, we keep trying to figure out what the magic uh, combination is for these third periods, but they're plus 19 in goal differential in the final frame, and it's it's almost to the point where you get the feeling if they're within one going to the third, they've got the game in control. 
never mind being tied if they're just within one because they've been able to rally and uh, perform those third period comes back so much but they're just they're able to, to turn it up uh, a notch uh, there was there was a couple of really impressive performance Shea Theodore uh, didn't get a lot of airtime last night but there was a couple of moments there where you're going how does he do that on his edges how does he make that play uh, the that was a standout uh, for me. Alec Martinez, again, making it happen. Uh, I loved the play of the, the Misfits, uh, just dominating. 17 shots on goal between the three of them is extraordinary. And if anybody deserved to get more out of the game, it was those three. Uh, and so there's, there's, there's beyond just the headlines of the game, uh, it was really a strong, one of the strongest games as a team that we've seen all year from the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, I'd agree with that 100%. And, you know, it was it was exactly, I think, the type of game that you were hoping they would come out with last night. Like, after the, the weekend series against L.A., you were kind of hoping that the Golden Knights would, would really make a statement with their game against the St. Louis Blues. And I would say that's mission accomplished. I think that was one of those games where the Golden Knights just kind of prove how deep, how good, and how dominant they can be when they've got their game and they play to that expectation. They were better than I thought they would be last night, especially out of the gate. I thought there'd be a little sure, bit of yeah. a, a, a get-into-the-game process for them coming off the, the game uh, the day previous and traveling. and Because traveling and playing on back-to-back is normal if you're in the National Hockey League. But normal in the National Hockey League hasn't been normal for more than a year. <laughs> it just, just hasn't happened. So yesterday was the first time that they had to do that play. Now, it wasn't a long trip, I know, but you're still doing it. And St. Louis was still here uh, playing. Like, there's, there's a lot went into wondering whether or not St. Louis was going to be able to control that game in the, the beginning and, and establish themselves. They weren't. It was, it was the exact opposite. And that's the part that, uh, that got me really eyes wide was how much better Vegas was in the first 20 to 25 minutes than, uh, than I anticipated, especially off the, the, the sluggish performance. So uh, I, I told you yesterday, the comments that Mark Stone and Riley Smith made following the loss against Los Angeles stood yep. out to me because it wasn't, it wasn't, well, we've had a good first half. Uh, you're not always going to be able to come back. You're not, like, there was some uh, of that. But there was a lot of disappointment in not winning that game, uh, even though they've had the great first half. Like the, the expectations are still so high for this team to be able to go out and, one, compete, and two, win every game. And they weren't happy. And that said a lot to me, and I used that as a springboard to being optimistic that you were going to see a high-level performance. Yeah, and and I, you know you look at the Golden Knights. You just you look at what they were able to accomplish yesterday, and in terms of bounce back games, in terms of bounce back performances, that sets the standard for this club, who has been kind of rewriting what that standard should look like for an expansion team four years later. We have Keegan Colasar. Is he here on the line? Okay. Well, I didn't want to leave him uh, waiting. Sorry, Keegan. I just I looked at my phone and realized that uh, that you were there, and I wanted to confirm it. Uh, congratulations, pal. Uh, has it sunk in yet? Uh yeah, yeah. I've been going through the text um, 
the last 20 hours now. Um, a lot of family, a lot of friends from back home, um, coaches, old teammates. So um starting to sink in. Um, such a surreal moment. Were you able to talk to your mom last night? Yeah, yeah. My mom, uh, my mom's a, a worrisome mom. I would say worrisome. She cares a lot, so she doesn't like to fall asleep until you know she knows I'm healthy after a game. She gets really nervous. So I talked to her for a bit. She was crying. She was just so so emotional, but in a, in a good way. So when I'm curious, we we love our moms. Uh, when did you talk to her? Did you did you do all the media stuff and and leave the rink and talk to her on the way home? Did you wait till you got home, or did you? Go in, do the media, and then talk to her before you you really got uh, cleaned up. Uh, I, I texted her right away. I always try to text her quick so she doesn't worry. Just say, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm healthy, thumbs up, get all the media. And then on the way home, I called her um, just to talk um, uh, and just, you know, hear from my brother and sister as well. Um, they were all really excited for me, and um, it was a real, real special moment. What did mom say? Uh, it was kind of hard to understand. There's a lot of sobbing, a lot of tears. You're just, you know, I'm so proud of you, so proud of you. And, um, you know, you always said you were going to score in the NHL, and, and here you go. Is that true? You've you've always said that? Like, how far back does that go? Oh, yeah. I, I think every kid, uh, especially in Canada, when you're on the ODR, you're, you know, pretending like you're in a Game 7 Stanley Cup overtime winner and pucks on the stick and you know, get the goal. So, um goal of mine was always to make the NHL and another one was to, you know, score a goal. There's no better for them than scoring. Keegan Colasar is with us, fresh off his first uh, National Hockey League goal on the BGK Insider Show with Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. You know, Keegan, I'm sure you've kind of dreamed about that moment, just that instant, many, many times before. How did the actual moment live up to what you thought it would be? Uh, It's, it's, it was a million times better than I than I could have ever imagined, um, and and what made it so special was you know having the fans there. Of course, I think it would have been a little different being in an empty barn, but also my team's reaction. Um, you know, they, they cared just as much as I did. Um, they were all going crazy for me. They they knew how hard I was. I really wanted that, and how frustrating it has been getting the chances I have. And not capitalizing. So to see them, you know, jumping on the bench, it, it was uh, it meant a lot to me. Hey, were you feeling it last night? Because you had a couple of great chances in the first period too. Um, I, you know what, I, I, um, I just try to get in the forecheck quick. And in these back-to-backs, I want to get my legs into it more than my hands. So I try to just get on the forecheck. Um, if I do everything right with with my speed and size, you know, usually can get the puck back, and then that's when I can let. Um, the skill take over. Um, I, I play with two amazing line mates, and then Tomas Nosek and um, Nicholas Waugh, so they make my life a lot easier too. It, it's just um, you know playing tight with each other and making little plays, and um, you know usually good things happen when uh, when we're all clicking together. I'm going to give you credit too because, buddy, that was a world class celebration. I was starting to wonder <laughs> what that was going to be like uh, as we waited for for your first goal, and you delivered. Oh, uh, you know what? With with that much time and space in an empty net, you kind of just start thinking about it. You're like, what am I going to do? So, first off, get the puck in the net, make sure that happens, and uh, I kind of just let emotions take over. As you can see, I, I I have the biggest smile on my face. I'm throwing my whole body around, and um, 
I don't think I stopped smiling after that for the rest of the game. Did you watch the puck go in the net, or did you like? Did, was it that much of a yeah. confirmation? Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> I shot it, snapped it, saw it cross, and then I turned and celebrated. I, I double take at the ref, uh, waving his hand just to make sure. Holy cow! That's a lot going on in a matter of two uh, two <laughs> seconds. Yeah, it was a lot. Honestly, I, I I don't even know what I was thinking really in the matter of all that time. It happened so fast, too. You uh, you pointed to the sky, too, or the ceiling. Was there a, a message in that? Uh, I, I lost my father um, this last year to COVID. So I I always told him, you know, I'm, I'm going to make it to the NHL. Um, I'm going to score. You wait and see. He uh, he always wanted me to play football, so it was kind of like my uh, my little jab at him to you know I'll, I'll prove you wrong. Don't you worry, just wait and see. So uh, I had him for my first game, and um, I know he's watching over me, and he saw that first goal. Well done, uh, Keegan Colasar with us on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Darren Millard chatting with Keegan along with Ryan Wallace. So, Keegan, when you kind of take this season on the whole, starting as the 13th forward, take it all the way to where you are now, so versatile, able to, to fill in in many different ways on this lineup, scoring your first career NHL goal, what has this season meant to you in terms of your progression to full-time NHL player? Uh, it's, it's been a lot. Um, you know, to, to make the team out of, out of camp, it was, it's a dream. You know, you always, you always think about you know, making the big club and, and being a full-time NHLer. Um, and just from the start of the season, I tried to be a hardworking guy, very coachable player, um, a well-rounded player as well. And um, I try to do whatever the coaching staff asks for me um, to the best of my ability. And uh, I try to do it, um, you know, my best foot forward. And, and hopefully, you know, I can help the team win. Uh, I want to get a comment because of the pregame show yesterday. Shane Nadian spent some time, uh, he and I spent some time talking about your uh, bout the day before and what you did during that altercation. I thought, uh, well, you did gave the body blow on Sunday and then the, the knockout punch on Monday. Tell me about going to the to the ribs. <laughs> um, it, it was a weird fight. He, he got me in the gut early. I don't know if he did it like on purpose just to, like, kind of give a body shot or he yeah. missed any hit me in the gut. But after that, I was like, oh, God, I can't breathe. i got to get you back now. So um, <laughs> I, I just full-on full gave him one back. Um, and he felt it. And then I just gave another little one just to kind of see how he was. And, and then he dropped to a knee. And then after that, I was like, yeah, this is done. You buckled him, man. Yeah, I've, I've, I've never seen a, a fight won by a body shot. First time no. for me. So, so had, had Shane said that he's seen it before guys give body shots, but it's more if you've got no other options. Had you done done that before? No, like I, I usually never throw body shots ever, but he got me in the gut, like like right in the jejunum. So I like was like holding it in like I thought I was going to throw up, and I was like, oh, like wires crossed. I was like, okay, if you're going to throw body shots, i got to get you back now. And did you see his look over to you in the penalty box? Like, good, good go. That was that was that was solid. Yeah, yeah. We always uh, I, I fought him before in a rookie tournament, and uh, I beat him in juniors um, in the finals. So I, I looked over and I was like, "Yeah, it's two nothing now." That's outstanding. Uh, before we let you go, uh, and I, I briefly touched on this yesterday on on the post game show. Like in leading up to training camp, Keegs, you were 
you were with the Henderson guys, and and a lot of the the NHL guys were were at uh, City National Arena. There wasn't a lock. It was not a lock that you were going to be on the Golden Knights this year. How how did you do it? And what was your thinking, your motivation, your uh, mindset coming into camp? Yeah, um, my mindset was just uh, bring everything you got. You know, it never hurts to give it your all. Um, whatever, wherever the chips may fall after that, it's, um, it's out of your control. So um, I, I try. It's a wonderful facility over in Henderson. I tried using every um, every resource at, at my um, at my disposal to get myself ready for training camp and, and get myself ready for the season. Um, I think I did come out into camp a little bit slow. Um, I didn't like didn't like my pace of play during camp and maybe in the first couple games. But um, you know, looking back now, um, you know, I, I know how to fix that going forward, and uh, you know, I'm feeling good now. So where's the puck? The puck is with my first NHL point puck, and I haven't decided where to put that yet. Um, I think I had to talk to my family about that, and then we'll come up with something. So, like, is it sitting on your dresser? Is it uh, on the on the coffee table? Where where do those? No, things... it, it, it's at the rink in my stall. Oh, yeah. I got both oh. my pucks there. Just just uh, it's something something I can look at it whenever I come to the rink. Uh, boy. Hey, um, did your sister uh, give you give you due props? Because you said last night that she's been chirping you. Yeah, yeah. She uh, she gave me a text. She goes, "Nice job, Keegan. Good job for once." So um, <laughs> she's she's a very hard critic, um, but I'm equally as hard on her. So um, we give it back to each other a lot, and uh, I know she's proud of me. That uh, that is awesome. Uh, appreciate your sense of humor and uh, sharing some of these memories with us. Uh, enjoy it and good luck the rest of the season. You've made a lot of people happy, and it's been fun watching this journey with you. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. Keegan Colasar, the Vegas Golden Knights, scoring his first National Hockey League goal, and the reaction of that bench, Ryan, and yeah. where you watch the games, you would see, you would look right down that line, uh, and it was exceptional one of the great mm-hmm. reactions from a team well i'll tell you it is as much as i had a great view of the bench i don't remember that reaction because i was fixated on keegan Colasar's reaction to scoring his first career nhl goal and i could not wait to see what that celebration was going to look like and it's almost like tunnel vision in that moment because I, I could not see much else besides the joy and the exuberance that he showed after scoring that goal. And it, it wasn't just relief. Like, it was, there was legitimate, wow, I did it. Like, joy. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Like, it, it's a... <laughs> It's good play, and and that's yeah. that's really for me. Like, you know, you you never you have all these moments, you have all these dreams. We've we've seen Keegan have so many opportunities to put the puck in the back of the net this season, and it, it's amazing as his ability to find the puck in the offensive zone right around the blue paint. He has had a lot of chances, and I think now with this one going. That's going to become more regular. I think that he just needed one to go, and now we're going to see the skill that he brings to the table in and around the net uh, at full force in the NHL. You, you make a good point about you don't know whether it's going to be one of those uh, goals off your skate or if your knee 
Uh, Chandler Stevenson scored one without a stick in his hand this year. Uh, <laughs> if it's going to be one of those plays, and it could easily be, he's going to score a bunch like that because he goes to yeah. the net so hard. But to yeah. be able to finish it off like that and be able to shoot the puck into an open net, look at the referee, get the signal, and then go through it. Uh, I know he had to wait, but at least like, it turned out to be one of those beautiful, perfect goals and sellies. Yeah, 100%. Nice play, fantastic play, and the Golden Knights just kind of doing what they need to do, get pucks to the blue paint, win battles, and and that's what Keegan Kolzar was able to do. The the crowd, the reaction from the crowd when that puck went in was uh, was maybe – maybe the the most connected that crowd was to to that game in that moment and i i think that speaks volumes about keegan colsar what he's meant to this club so far this season and i i you know i asked him about his versatility and that really is what i'm noticing from him day in and day out it's his ability to play fourth line center third line wing really whatever is needed on that particular day he's been able to step in and play incredibly well Let's start uh, just forecasting a little bit when it comes to Keegan Colasar. We'll get back into the game as we continue on on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. The Golden Knights, uh, a complete day off today. And thank you to Keegan for doing that on a complete day off. Uh, Players don't have to do interviews like like the VGK Insider Show, uh, but he did. So that's amazing. We appreciate that. We'll get back to uh, what's going to uh, happen this week with the games against Colorado and coming off the victory over the St. Louis Blues. But when it comes to Keegan Colasar, uh, let's forecast what he can be, what the Golden Knights might think of of him long, longer range in the next two years. Where do you see his game, his numbers? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that there's certainly the potential for Keegan Colasar to be over over 10 goals in in a in an NHL season like i i think maybe 12 to 15 is is what you could reasonably pencil him in for um and and i think that that comes as a either a third line player or fourth line pa- player that just has that knack around the net and the hands around the net to be able to pot some goals so um, I, I look at the skill that he has. I look at the tenacity on the forecheck. I look at all the intangibles that he brings just in terms of sticking up for teammates, not afraid to throw hands if he needs to. And then you factor all of that in with his ability around the net. I, I think you're looking at a guy that can, that can net you 12 to 15 goals. And, and that's a good, good player to have in your, in, in your repertoire. Yeah, I see him as a 15-goal guy. And yeah. Uh, for double digits for sure, but 50 yes. goals and, and maybe above that in, in a career year. Can he push 20? Well, he's done that in the American Hockey League. He's done that in Major Junior. He's proven that he can put the puck in the net when he has opportunities. He's comfortable now, and I do, uh, I'm do. i with him. Like A bit of a slow start in, in camp, but got the opportunity and worked his way into the lineup and maybe being the 13th forward, you know, uh, out, out of, out of training camp and at the start of the year was, was good for him in a sense of allowing him to uh, get into a rhythm in the team and then spot duty and, and getting the odd shift. 
But I I do think that he can score 15 or above in the National League. What's impressed me more, what I didn't see, I knew, I knew he was physical. I knew he could mm-hmm. get to places. I knew he could bang bodies. Uh, he's a better fighter than I thought. And that's not it's not as much a part of the game as it used to be. But mm-hmm. like he's done really well in the three three scraps that he's had. Three scraps, right? Uh, uh, he's yeah. had and and the the statement that he made against Austin Wagner uh, on Sunday uh, was was a, a buckling uh, of of an opponent in a different fashion. But he's done it. He's fought at strategic times. He's fought at uh, at times to give energy. He's fought in defense of his teammates, and he's just. Mm-hmm. I've been impressed with that part of his game, and if you can uh, have that element and make more room for yourself and become uh, a player that the other team's thinking about and have the hands and the skill set and see the game. I think, he, I think he's got some good hockey sense. Uh, I think he yeah. sees the game really well. There's There's a lot to like to be able to evaluate a player and – project 15 or more goals out of him now this this took a while 22 shots in his career and we're halfway through the through this year he had one career game before before this one it took longer than he expected mark stone thinks he's going to break through and he's going to that's going to come in 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 bunches i mm-hmm. i hope it does because uh he's he's positioned himself very well for uh somebody that had played one career game before this year well, I mean, just just go back and, and think about some of those games in which Keegan Colasar had two, three, four opportunities and night in and night out. He just the, the puck seems to find him at times in the offensive zone. And I think that goes to the work that he puts in, not just on the puck, but away from the puck. And uh, it speaks to what you just said, his hockey sense, his ability to to get to where he needs to be in order to create some scoring chances or generate scoring chances. I like the player a lot. I, I, you know, you look at power forwards. You look at guys that just know how to get to the front of the net. Physical, big body, cannot be easily moved. You need players like that in today's NHL. Um, and and you know the fighting. It it's a part of his game, and it's 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 quickly going to become one of those things where. Uh, Guys will think twice about dropping the gloves with Keegan Colasar. We've seen that through his fights this year, that you don't really want to be in that position if you're not really ready for it. Uh, aren't, aren't hockey moms great? Like, all, all moms yeah. are, are awesome. But, but hockey moms are just so cool. Yeah, they're the best. Just just unbelievable. And that that drive home last night, I wonder... That's a conversation that he's probably just like the goal. He's probably had that conversation with his mom in his mind a thousand times. What's that going to be like when I when I talk to her after my after my first goal? And he did it last night, and it was part of a victory, and it was part of a, a dominating performance by the Golden Knights. It was a part of a, a first place performance by the Golden Knights, uh, establishing an, uh, a high for wins at home in the National Hockey League uh, this year, uh, establishing a five game winning streak, and going out on the road on a high against a team that is challenging you and pushing you for first place in the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, The Golden Knights have momentum. So do the Avs. We'll break that one down for you. Get back into the Blues performance and a look ahead on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Who gets possession? A point shot save. Rebound score! 
Keegan Colasar with his first NHL goal. The Knights lead 3-1 with 8.41 to go in the third. He found the rebound off to the right side of Bennington, and he buried it into the goal. Keegan Colasar finally buries one. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. I'm going to commit one of the cardinal sins here in, uh, in sports broadcasting. Darren Millard, along with Ryan Wallace, the VGK Insider Show, segment number two of our number one. Uh, I'm going to ask a question that I don't know the answer to and is technical. Uh, was, was that really loud in your ear? the Danduva play or was my just the levels off? Um, it was, you can say I mean, that, it was loud. Okay. I just, like it was, it, just, it, was, it seemed it was loud. loud I don't normal. know that it was, well, I, I don't know that it was like infinitely louder than anything else. Music. Was done? Like, I think that okay. there was, then I just have my, like, well, to be fair, I, I could hear the echo coming out of Darren's pot. So maybe, maybe it was really loud on his end. But, yeah, I might just have to adjust something. I, I there think, we go. I think, we'll, I think we'll Dan get back was to the regular really conversation. He was very excited. Uh, Dan was uh, pumped up about that. A four-goal third period for the Vegas Golden Knights as they roll by the St. Louis Blues 5-1. Seven of eight points against the St. Louis Blues in the four games uh, for the Golden Knights. Three-point lead on Colorado for first place in the West Division. The Avalanche and the Golden Knights will square off in Denver on Thursday and then Saturday afternoon. It is a big opportunity for the Golden Knights in these three straight games against a playoff opponents. Uh, let's uh, continue our look back to last night as we uh, dive through things. And one of the areas that uh, came up and uh, was uh, very noticeable last night was another clutch performance by Captain Mark Stone. His seventh game-winning goal of the season, a three-point night, Ryan. And Mark Stone, as play starts tonight, is top five in point production in the National Hockey League. Well, yes, he is. And Mark Stone has been on a different planet this season. And I think the question, right, was, was we know how good Mark Stone is defensively. We know about the takeaways. We know about his ability to, to turn defense into offensive chances. But in terms of, of getting to that elite level over a point a game and throughout the majority or the entirety of a season, could he take that step? Could he become that player? He's done it so far this year, and based on the fact that the Golden Knights still have games against L.A., still have games against Anaheim and San Jose and Arizona, I think that that trend is going to continue and that Mark Stone is going to be among the top seven in NHL scoring by the time this season is done and therefore firmly in the conversation for the Hart Trophy. Yeah, I think there's uh, there's some votes going his way. Uh, we're now past the halfway point, and between being the NHL first star of the week, and I'll go back to that, how significant that is to just to have everybody around the National Hockey League in a season where you're only playing within your division, uh, for have to have everybody discussing Mark Stone's accomplishment, reading about his his performance making him uh, part of the conversation. And then you follow it up with, well, two points here, a couple of points there. He's got a point streak going. Uh, 
you look through the stats, he's approaching double digits uh, for for points uh, in 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 a game consecutively, and then you look at the stats and your top five. It just builds that resume as he goes along. Still going to be tough to win it, but what's the one constant we've heard from Pete DeBoer? Uh, what did we hear from Gary Lawless? People saying he's going to be part of the conversation. He's going to get consideration. And at this point, uh, that's that's almost uh, going to be uh, not a question of if, but how much consideration does Mark Stone get? Well, I, I think that, you know, as as he continues to grow and as he continues to to do what he's doing this season, if it keeps up and he's in, he's within that top five. Like if he stays five or better the rest of the way, you know the Golden Knights are are in a prime position to make the playoffs. He's the captain of this team. You're going to look through the the game winning goals. You're going to look at what he's been able to do in big moments throughout this season. He's the catalyst offensively for the Golden Knights. He's the catalyst for almost everything that this team tries to do offensively. And for me, that makes him incredibly valuable. Marc-Andre Fleury has been, without a doubt, consistently the Golden Knights' best player this season. And I think the Vesna is a, a serious, serious conversation for Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, but I don't think that there's enough there just yet for Marc-Andre to, to justify those heart votes. So I think that if you're looking at or concerned about there being a splitting of the difference for Mark Stone and Mark Andre Fleury, I don't think that's going to happen. I think that, that you're going to legitimately see Mark Stone maybe fourth in the voting and potentially even a finalist for the Hart Trophy if he continues this. Yeah, finalist would be unbelievable. And, and that's, uh, that's going to be saying something because, uh, as you know, uh, I've already declared that uh, Connor McDavid is going to win the Hart Trophy. And uh, it's not, a, it's not a, a slam against anybody else. It's just that he's been so damn good. Uh, and you know, what, I he's, ask... what he's been able to do uh, this year, his team's battling for first place, so you can't say, yeah. "Hey, he, he, he's he's doing all this, uh, and his team's no good." No, they're they're battling for first place. Uh, his uh, his point production is unbelievable. He's 18 points ahead of third place. He's 10 yeah. points ahead of second place, and you can also point to his goals, and uh, and that is extraordinary. He's uh, tied for the league lead uh, in in goal scoring uh, going into this week. So the, he, he's checked every box. There's nothing that you can say about uh, about Connor McDavid that doesn't answer those questions. So don't uh, don't think that this is any type of uh, going against a certain player or a certain mm-hmm. team. It's just acknowledgement that uh, sometimes sometimes the player just makes it obvious and that's what that's what Connor McDavid has done does not take away from from Mark Stone and I will I'll go a step further on on when it comes to Mark is mm-hmm. I I didn't think he could get to this level of right. of point production with with his peers uh, top 15 yeah and it's darn hard to get to top 15 <laughs> in, in in point production when you're playing the type of game that Mark Stone does there's no right. cheating with Mark mm-hmm. Stone to get points, to create opportunities, to make yourself in a better position to to take a pass and put it home. He makes sure all responsibilities are taken care of, and then he pushes the puck down the ice. Uh, he made a play killing a penalty last night. Mm-hmm. Just reminds me. Where he pressured the St. Louis player on the wall. Might have been Bartuzzo. 
And when he was doing it, he shortened up his his grip on his stick and, and almost went into mini stick fashion and shoveled <laughs> the puck along the line, uh, the wall, and, and put it into the, the St. Louis zone. And as I was watching it, I was struck by a couple of things. I've never seen that before. And where like where does that instinct come from? Because it's not it's not how you would typically go in and make a play. Mm-hmm. Uh I don't think it just comes to him like I should grip the stick halfway down uh and he uses that that super long stick. Like, just being able to to create things or see things or imagine things is 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 extraordinary. So uh being being a Hart Trophy finalist is especially in a year where Connor's doing what he's doing is almost like, like you're winning the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, you know, it's interesting cause I want to go back to, to that thought on Connor McDavid, because as you look at the, 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 the stats right now, Connor McDavid, 60 points, Leon Dreisaitl in second place with 50 points. My question to you, and this is kind of more philosophical than anything, Connor McDavid should win the heart. Like I'm gonna come out and say it, and, and I've I've used the playoff debate before. I've used it doesn't mean best player; it means most valuable. I don't think you can find an argument right now against Connor McDavid. I'm not going to try. He is, in my opinion, the Hart Trophy winner. That being said, do you think Leon is a finalist this year? No. No, which, which really? is weird. No, I think uh, I think it will be. Patrick Kane, and yeah. uh, then somebody else. I I I don't think that uh, that Drysaitel will be will be a finalist this year. Uh, That's interesting. That's really is, interesting. Yeah, and I, and I I didn't say. I admit it doesn't make a lot of sense, <laughs> but the the idea and and why why do you declare that that Connor McDavid's going to win the season's only half half over well uh knock on wood everybody's healthy that's that's what we're thinking like uh, going forward sure. everybody's going to be healthy and he's going to be he's going to be good but uh nobody can catch him like Connor McDavid isn't giving up an 18 point lead to Patrick Kane well i mean Leon less than, might then less the season uh, less than half the season ago but yeah okay Leon might well who's on the ice all the time with Leon, do, do well, you think he's going to be able to I make up? They played a part. And the, no, no, no. Well, hold they on. Do, I thought but the, that but they the, played a part, and that's do, why Leon was clearly the most valuable player last year. They, they, they do, but they're also on the ice. And they, they rack up the power play points, and and they no, do. But they, they just there's no way Leon's going to be able to make up ten points on Connor McDavid when they're both on the not. ice so much together. It's, it's what what we have right now is a statistical impossibility because one he plays with <laughs> uh, his closest competitor and has a ten point lead and he's eighteen points up on a few and he's eighteen points up on the third place guy who's a a, a lock first ballot Hall of Famer who's having, who's having a himself great a year. season yeah. yeah yeah so so that's hey, why uh, why well, yes. Uh, keep keep the uh, that's a statistical impossibility handy for when Leon Dreisaitl overtakes Connor McDavid later this year. Do, do you guys think that that's possible? 
It, it's the. I think it's possible. I, I think the only. I don't think way it's, it's probable. Possible, I think the without, only way. It's I, I don't think it's probable. If McDavid but I think it's gets possible. hurt, that's the only way it, it happens. And I've already declared that that's a, a an influencer that takes things out and and shakes it up. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, it's it's going to be tough because, like Darren points out, they're on the ice together, so it seems like it's almost an inevitability when one of them gets a point, the other's going to get a point. No, I, I understand all of that. Believe me, I do. All I'm saying is, for whatever reason, in much the same way things don't tend to work out for the Buffalo Sabres, <laughs> it just doesn't seem to work out for Connor McDavid to actually win the Hart Trophy. For like for whatever reason, right? Like, Arguably, he's been the most outstanding player, the most valuable player over the course of, the, of every single season that he's been in the league, and for whatever reason, he doesn't have most, like those, those Hart Trophies. So... I just think that as I'm I'm approaching this, if I'm a Connor McDavid fan, I'm just waiting for the day that Leon Dreisaitl puts up five and Connor's not in on any of them because crazy things happen in hockey, and then all of a sudden Leon catches Connor McDavid, yeah, and I, then it's I think it's a, a it's like an an existential crisis where you try to figure out like well now Leon leads in points. But Connor's been more valuable. Who do we vote for? Who do we vote for? Well, I, I, I think that that certainly becomes a very difficult decision at that point if, if, if Dreisaitl does overtake McDavid in points. But I think as we, we've kind of discussed, it's not probable. I think McDavid is certainly benefited by the fact that this season Edmonton is actually pretty good. Like I, what they, they've caught Toronto on points. I mean, I, I think they have a couple of games ahead that they've played. But still, I mean, they're right there challenging for the North division. And I think if they win that division, I mean, yeah, I, I think I'd vote for McDavid even if they didn't win the division, but it just seems like if, if you don't vote for him and they win the division, it's criminal. Is Edmonton good or is the division really, really bad? I think there's probably, I don't think oh, the division's not really bad. It's different. They, they play a much more wide open style. Uh, mm-hmm. But I don't think it's I don't think it's bad by any means. I think it's very even. Uh, I'll 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 give you that. Uh, but is it is it as competitive as the East Division? Probably mm-hmm. not. Probably not as deep. But uh, but I don't I don't think it's bad. Well, and and, and, I, and I don't think you should punish. And another reason why why uh, you say that he's he he's got it locked uh, that you would say that uh, is uh, like. Marner and Matthews are playing in the same division. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and they're having pretty good seasons. They were all the uh, the the bee's knees earlier in the season uh, when everybody was uh, up and uh, <laughs> waving the waving the flag. So it's it, he, he checks off every and counters every argument. My my dark horse right now for the Hart Trophy is uh, is Sasha Barkov. That's my dark horse. Like. <laughs> If if you've got the Florida Panthers in the playoffs and don't, like looking very very good, I think Barkov gets a, a little bit of love there. I think McDavid suffers a little bit from the Gretzky uh, bias, where if he doesn't outperform his peers by such a wide margin, then it's mm-hmm. held against him. Yeah, and that's why that's he fair. hasn't won more Hart trophies than he has. Could you make a case for Mika Rantanen? Well, just just based on Darren's um, completely 
thought out seven uh, top seven in scoring? No, you cannot. Yeah, no, you've got to be Ranton and his. You've got to be in the top him. seven in in scoring to be to be considered for the hard trophy. I'm. Uh, so I'm so, not so hold even on, sorry. Hold on. So like, who were your right, who were your three finalists? <laughs> no, 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 no. Right? Chapman, Chapman. I'll tell you right now. This this is who is eligible based on Darren's arbitrary cutoff point. This is who's eligible: McDavid, Drysidle, Kane, Marner, Stone, Shifley. Barkov and Kopitar. I have no trouble with that. Missing the cut. Matthews, Rantanen, Kubrado, okay. Brad right. Marchand, yeah. Nick Backstrom. Well, you, if you're a finalist, it's like the Hobie Baker. He was a finalist for the Hobie Baker. There's like 25 finalists. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Shifley's I'm a sorry. really interesting name on that list. Who? Mark Shifley. Oh. I think I think based on your <laughs> your statistics of having to be in the top <laughs> what is it, seven in scoring. I mean, well and the thing is the Jets are actually better than I think a lot of us thought they were going to be. Uh not Dave Gosher. Dave Gosher uh likes them to come out of the uh North Division. And it's I, I don't bad. think he's wrong on that. I think I think the Winnipeg Jets would be the best, uh most most competitive team to uh to come out of the North Division. If you're talking about a team to be able to compete uh, mm-hmm. with the other three, because yep. I, th- I think they're just more physical and uh, and built to to play a team like Vegas or or a team uh, like Washington, uh, the other ones are, are a little bit more one dimensional with with the offense. Uh, but do, can you guys so you re- rattle off that top seven list again? McDa- McDavid, Drysidle, Patrick Kane, Mitch Marner. Mark Stone, Mark Shifley, Alexander Barkov, and Andre Kopitar. And so it's eight, I know, but Kopitar and Barkov are both tied seventh in scoring. So, so who who on that list do you have a problem with being a finalist for the Hart Trophy? It, using my my logic. Um, I, I mean, like, I, again, I, I make the I would make the case for Barkov. I I think you make the case for Patrick Kane. Uh, there's not anybody on that list that I think isn't deserving. Uh, Mark mm-hmm. Shifley is an interesting name, uh, it just in terms of of you don't really look at what he's done this season and and think that he's in the top five, and then all of a sudden you look at the numbers and you're like, oh yeah, I, there he is. Like I think Mark people Shifley. will be saying that about Mark Stone around the league. Probably, yeah, you know, like 100. Right and yeah. and it's it's hard because. Like we know how good Connor Hellebuck has been. We know that that the Jets are are more if, than just. Honestly, if you're a goalie Shifley. and you win the Hart Trophy, you have to be out of your mind. Sure, you yeah. can't just have a Vesna yeah. Trophy winning season to win the Hart Trophy. If you're a goalie, no no goalie is no, winning that uh, this year. Who outside of my top seven, using my logic, mm-hmm. who outside of my top seven would you like to be considered for the Hart Trophy right now? Well, here's the problem because um, the name I'm going to throw here away is Nathan McKinnon, and I, I'm I'm fully confident that by the time the season is done, Nathan McKinnon will be inside the top five. Okay. Well, right now he he's he hasn't been good enough because he hasn't played enough games. No, I agree. I, like I'm I'm there with you. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. like if we're doing it right now, I have no issue whatsoever with Nathan McKinnon being outside of of this conversation. He's mm-hmm. he's not there right now. But I, I have full confidence that when I look at this, when I look at this list right now, well, you're making fun of me because I well, say I, the top seven well, uh, because, should only no, be considered I'm making, for the hard. I'm making fun of you because it was completely arbitrary. Because I, I asked you a question about the Hart Trophy, and you're like, ah, uh, 
you got to be in seven. the top seven. Top seven. And then Mark Stone was. He was you, top seven that day. You think I have to just pull that out of my butt? No. Yes, top, I do. Top, I actually, I legitimately think that that's what you did. So top se- where do we where do we draw the line to be considered uh, for best player MVP in the league? You can't go so, top ten. Top ten's too deep. So I like, I mean I I don't know. I'd go top five then. Like you you wanna you want it to be that exclusive, and I have no issue with it being that exclusive. It should be top five. You have to be a top five player in the league to be even in the conversation. I just. The two extra spots gives me some wiggle room with a with a great defenseman who has a great year who may not be in the top five. That's what that's why I give it the top two. You you don't think that I I actually put thought into this that I, I just think on a whim pull out kind top of. seven. I'm yeah. disappointed in you. Uh, we have some good news of the day. Plus, we have tickets to give away to the HSK, the Henderson Silver Knights game, tomorrow night and a little bit of food coming your way. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. It's time for the good news of the day on the VGK Insider Show. The good news of the day is brought to you by Silver State Schools Credit Union, prioritizing people over profit. And if you listened to the show yesterday, and if you listened to Darren Millard about five minutes ago, you would know that we have some stuff to give away. And we enjoy giving away stuff so much that we classify that as good news. So it's two tickets, a pair of tickets to the Henderson Silver Knights game tomorrow as well as a $25 gift certificate to Fuddruckers. Is that correct, Chris Chapman? Yes, yes it is. A $25 gift certificate to Fuddruckers, which is in the Orleans Arena, so you could actually eat before the game. Well done. So, Darren, the only question I have for you, mm-hmm. how mean do you want me to be to Chapman? Uh, you know, I've come around on this. I okay. used to really get frustrated when you guys would throw out the big numbers. Oh, come on. When I listened to the show. I'm su- yep. I was supporting you here. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you but, said you've come around on it, which makes me think right. that, that you're right. now on board yeah. with, no, with no. the high numbers. No, I used to get really frustrated by the fact that they would throw out uh, big numbers. Yes. And, and yep. make you answer. And I couldn't understand it. Well, now, now I get it. And... Yeah, like pile on. Oh, come on. (laughs) (laughs) So good. That's so good. Well, I I think we should do the amount of goals that Logan Thompson gave up this past weekend. So then nobody would call. Caller number zero. (laughs) No, no. He gave up a goal on uh, Saturday, didn't he? No, no. Come on. Listen, here's the thing. Uh, We had Keegan Colasar on the show. Keegan Colasar wears number 55. And because Keegan Colasar scored his first career NHL goal yesterday, we're going to honor Keegan Colasar by making him the number we use for this giveaway. Caller number 55 right now. You will win two tickets to the Henderson Silver Knights game tomorrow and a $25 gift certificate to Fuddruckers. 702-876-1340 is the number. And Darren, you're a little evil. I am just coming on board. Coming on board. That, that was the good news of the day, brought to you by Silver State Schools Credit Union, prioritizing people over profit. 702-876-1340. You're a winner. 
Vegas takes over. Smith comes out to the neutral zone. Deals right. Marcia fires. He scores! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Smith to Marcia 4-2 Golden Knights. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. It is your number one source for hockey talk in the Las Vegas Valley and around the world, VGK Worldwide. Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman, VGK Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, hour number two. We want to make sure that uh, if you missed out on Keegan Colasar's conversation with us in the opening hour of the program, uh, download the podcast and uh, listen to it because he was spectacular talking about his first NHL goal, what went into it. He basically broke it down frame by frame uh, on the uh, – the topic of scoring the goal and what happened uh, in his mind and then the celebration, uh, looking to the sky and thinking about his father uh, who passed away from COVID and the conversation with his mom on the way home from the rink. Uh, so much emotion going into that discussion of Keegan Colasar scoring his first NHL goal as the Vegas Golden Knights pick up uh, another victory and will now go out on the road to face the Colorado Avalanche for a pair Thursday and Sunday. And it's a, or sorry, Thursday and Saturday. It's a Saturday afternoon game. Uh, make sure you uh, mark that one in your calendar. And it's a battle for first place uh, as these two teams uh, are both uh, going in the right direction. Colorado is putting together a nice little run. Kale McCarr is uh, healthy. Uh, they have their uh, groove back. And the Golden Knights have gone wire to wire with the best points percentage in the Western Division. Uh, Ryan Wallace, as we look back to last night and a four-goal outburst to put the game away against the St. Louis Blues, uh, there's a couple of trends that have developed. One, the winning team scores five goals every game that, mm-hmm. uh, that these teams play. Uh, yep. I was a little worried last night that we weren't going to come close to that uh, because we're so used to the, the scoreboard getting a workout. But uh, Vegas put the, the hammer down on Jordan Bennington and company. And are you, are you now at the stage where Vegas has gone into St. Louis, won a couple of games, that's never happened before, where they'd won in St. Louis, took care of that business a, a couple of weeks ago. And, and now in winning three of four and taking seven of a possible eight points, are you to the stage where you go, this is a good matchup? If the playoffs started today, they would meet each other. Is this a good matchup for the Vegas Golden Knights? Or do you wait until you see really where St. Louis is health-wise by the end of the year? Yeah, I mean, if, if the playoffs were to start today and this was the matchup, I think it's a favorable one for the Golden Knights because I, I just think that there's there's a lot missing right now from the Blues just in terms of, of their back end that I think makes them a different team. Now, you know, that being said, I, I do think that the Golden Knights have have kind of turned a bit of that page against the St. Louis Blues and, and just their ability, their belief that they are – are the better team and that they could win those games more often than not against the blues. Uh, Jordan Binnington, though he's been very good in his games is, uh, is just his goals against average, his numbers against Vegas throughout his career. And more so I think kind of skewed because of this season, uh, not as good as you'd like them to be and not as good as he'd like them to be. So um, I, I just think that the golden Knights match up well against the blues. I think that these two teams uh, play entertaining hockey games, and I would be uh, excited about the matchup from an excitement standpoint 
from a hockey standpoint, but I also think the Golden Knights are the better team right now than the St. Louis Blues. In a couple of minutes, I'm going to tell you why last night's performance by Mark Stone means so much more than the Selkie conversation, Hart Trophy consideration, being a top five scorer in the National Hockey League. Why last night's performance could end up making one of Mark Stone's big hockey dreams come true. I'll share that with you in a couple of minutes, but first our rating scale. How do we sum up last night's performance in the one to five uh, using our art scale? Chris Chapman, do you want to run through the scale as it uh, is is offered up and sure. how we would vote? I could do that, yes. So the worst game, which I don't think any of us are going to go with, would be a stick figure, which is a one out of five. Coming in second would be ink blot. A finger paint would be right square in the middle. Wine and paint would be pretty good. And a Bob Ross would be near perfection. Well done. Uh, Chris Chapman has uh, written it down, just like I did, with, uh, with the phone number to uh, let callers know uh, that, uh, that we are opening the phone. We're not going to do that right now. We're going to sum up last night's performance uh, over the St. Louis Blues. But uh, Chris Chapman and I have both learned from our past uh, discretions, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, we've, uh, we've managed to uh, prepare ourselves uh, for this show. So, uh, Chapman, how do you rate last night's 5-1 dismantling of the St. Louis Blues? Well, it was really good. I mean, it, it was, I think... Even if you don't factor in the four-goal third period, right? Like, they had more goals in that period than the Blues had shots. But I think even going into that third period, it, it was a really, really good game. Like, it, you could tell, unless they completely fell apart in the third period, which we haven't seen, it was going to be either a Bob Ross or, or a, a wine and paint. I'm going to give it a Bob Ross because for a lot of the reasons you guys alluded to earlier in that very first segment that we did before we got Keegan Colasar on, the misfit line was all over the place. They were dominant in that game. William Carlson got a goal. He had an assist. Jonathan Marcheseau had a goal. They were, they were, they, it may have been the best game that line has played all season, and that's saying a lot because they've played really well. You're right. They've been on a roll. And why, why didn't we call them the misfits for the last couple of years? It seems to be a new terminology that we've come up with. But I think it's catching on that they are the misfit line. I like the line. expansion line. Yeah. The Misfits has, uh, has better, more fun to okay. it. Yes. No, that's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm down with Misfit line. Thank you. Uh, what do you say there, Ryan Wallace, when it comes to last night? Well, first of all, I want to call um, I want to call a foul on you and, and Chapman talking about how much uh, preparation you put into the show and, and how you've learned from your pa- past discretions. All you guys did yeah. was open up the show notes, so you're welcome. Uh, that being said... Listen, progress. This... Yeah, I guess that's fair. Seven zero two eight seven six thirteen forty. Good for you. Well yeah, done. Wrote it down. How man. long have you been here? Uh, nine months. <laughs> long enough. Long enough to learn the number before yeah. today. Yeah, I was still giving out the Toronto number half the time. <laughs> Don't that's call that. Anyway, seven eight zero one one two three four. That was our number in Toronto. I think I've given that out five times on Vegas radio already. That's that's probably a, a likely scenario. Okay, listen, here's the deal. Um, it, it's a Bob Ross for a lot of different reasons. The, the defense in that game was fantastic. The Golden Knights only held the Blues to three shots in the third period. Now, granted, the, those shots were, were 
some good quality shots. Robin Leonard had to make some big key saves early on in the third period to secure that victory. But, you know, top to bottom for the Golden Knights, it was one of those efforts that you, you look to and you say, if you get that out of this team most nights, they win. Right, like that is that is the type of performance we saw from the Golden Knights. It's not just a Bob Ross; it is a majestic Alaskan mountain landscape painting from Bob Ross. It's one of his one of his quintessential paintings. It's what he's most known for. And for me, that game last night is what I think the Golden Knights at the height of their power is what they're going to be known for. Summer landscape or winter landscape? It's a winter landscape. So there's, mount- there's, there's, there's snow on the mountains. Come on. It's mount- Alaska. Mount Denali in the background. Yeah. But sometimes you can yeah. have like a, a summer landscape in Alaska with snow still on the mountains. I don't no, want to there's... be in either one. To be to per- perfectly honest, I have no desire to be Why? in winter. Well, I think the bugs would be terrible uh, and <laughs> in the summer, and the weather and the temperature would be unbearable in the winter. I have no desire to be in either. You disappoint me. Good. I think Alaska is one of those bucket list places for me. It's mine. Take a cruise. 100% yeah, it's mine. I, I, I'm going to have to one day. Yeah, but don't. I, I don't want to be driving the Alaskan highway or anything like that. I'll take a I'll take an Alaskan cruise up there and uh, enjoy the rainiest place in North America and look at a couple of things and then get back in the boat and drink some booze. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a, that's as that's as close to being rustic in Alaska that I that I want to get. I'll go I'll go Bob Ross too. It was it was the most complete game that that I've seen them, them play. Uh, I I like the Friday performance against the Los Angeles Kings. But L.A. came back and, and tied that game up after a 2 nothing advantage by, by Vegas. You didn't see that get away from, from Vegas at all. Uh, it was one nothing. They scored first again, which they're, they're so great when they jump on, jump on a team. Uh, it was tie going in the third period, but it, didn't, it wasn't a wobbly tie by any means. And the third period was beautiful. And that... that uh, summarization by Chapman that they scored more goals than they gave up shots in the third period for three margin is is really telling uh, from from what they did uh, in in how they were able to clamp it down now the one chance was Vladimir Tarasenko a mini breakaway and Robin Leonard came up with a huge save at a at a huge time so uh, I, I just the power play click the the penalty killers were good I it was it was a real confidence building win and performance and effort uh having your legs uh from a day before where you didn't have uh have the, those legs going so and i think it's it's a really important performance coming off the the game sunday but also going into uh thursday and that two game series against colorado to have a little bit uh, momentum, not giving up uh, uh, all that you built up during during the first half. So I'll, I'll go Bob Ross. That's a sweep for Bob Ross. I mean, it's the right answer. It is. Nice job with the Alaska painting, though. Like I'm, I'm visualizing that right now. I, I don't I don't think you understand how how much I appreciate Bob Ross and mm. nature. That dude had some like, hair, eh? Oh, it was oh, fantastic. He had, some, he had some great hair, but I mean, like. Like I've dressed up as Bob Ross before for Halloween. Like it, it, it goes deep for me. Hmm. Have you ever tried Good painting? Bo- <laughs> no, I'm terrible. No, uh, Mark Stone last night delivers on a one of those 
captain moments again. And mm-hmm. it was captain moment differently because uh, the goal that he scored early, his first goal, uh, uh, was just one of those get it to the net. Tried once, it was blocked. Tried again, and it goes off uh, Vince Dunn. And then he chuckles about it. Like the mm-hmm. the the expressiveness that we see from, from Mark Stone is usually intense and fiery and uh, exuberant. That was fun uh, from, from Mark Stone. Like, can you believe that just happened? And he was still chuckling on the bench. So I, I loved that part of him. I loved uh, the three-point night. I loved the game-winning goal aspect of it. But what what really benefits Mark Stone the most, and I'm going to take an individual point of view on this, uh, not just the, the victory, is Gary Lawless pointed this out to me, and so I, I want to give Gary credit uh, for, for this thought. Who is, who's in the building last night? Who's watching that game last night for, for the St. Louis Blues? But uh, Doug Armstrong, their general manager. Mm-hmm. Doug Armstrong is the general manager of Team Canada for the 2022 uh, Olympic Winter Games in Beijing. Mark Stone is on the radar already for Team Canada. Mark Stone does what he's done this year against the St. Louis Blues and recently, last night, uh, to Doug Armstrong's team. there's, There's one thing to be able to do it and have everybody take notice. But to do it right in front of the guy that's picking the team, uh, I think Mark Stone has taking, taken massive steps to putting himself on that team and getting that Olympic tracksuit and, and and being able to punch his ticket to uh, to the Olympic Winter Games. Vegas has all kinds of candidates to play uh, in the Olympics. Petrangelo, Theodore. Uh, I, I think uh, for Team Canada, Patretti, certainly for Team USA, Leonard, Carlson, uh, Team Sweden, uh, go on down the list. But but Mark Stone has positioned himself uh, from uh, a player that you may have thought, ah, bubble, to, yeah, he, he's a no-brainer. Yeah, I, I think that, uh, I mean, I think he's a no-brainer, but... I get to watch him play every day, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the main difference for for I think us as we we've come to understand and appreciate just how much he impacts the game. I, I look at Mark Stone and I, I look at you know his his eligibility and I say that's that's a guy that absolutely should be on the roster. That is a guy that can make a difference and and does so many little things so right now uh, it's interesting when you kind of throw it into that context with the st louis blues and you look at mark stone's done this season in four games nine points so Mm -hmm. you continue to do that you continue to dominate that team every game everything that you do in life is an audition for something right and and mark stone's the captain of this team like in, in terms of his nhl career he's where he he wants to be but when when you start talking about you know, Team Canada, you start talking about the Olympics, everything Mark Stone's doing right now is an audition uh, to hopefully get that opportunity later. So I talked to Mark on the Chirp Podcast episode uh, with him a couple of weeks ago about the Olympics. And Mm -hmm. we discussed uh, the goal and what he would like to do and playing for his country. Uh, He's done at the junior level. He's done at the senior men's level. Uh, Best on best uh, is is one that, uh, that he has thought about and is thinking about uh, right now. 
And I have zero doubt that it uh, wouldn't have crossed his mind playing the St. Louis Blues, playing in front of and against Doug Armstrong and against Doug Armstrong's team, that that wouldn't have been part of part of his focus. My lab's uh, a little hungry here. Sorry, guys. Uh, whining. She's uh, <laughs> she's also a big Mark Stone Mark Stone fan as well. But the that I I have full confidence that that crossed Mark Stone's mindset and, and preparation going into the game. Like I can I can help my team. That's my primary goal. But who's watching tonight? <laughs> National Hockey League players. They, do they think of that? Yep, for sure. He just seems like he's so methodical and so meticulous with a lot of the things he does. But one of the things I've really picked up this year from him, and I I started to pick it up in the bubble last year, there's guys who don't like to lose. Mark Stone takes that to, I mean, you can tell he really, really hates to lose. And it doesn't matter if it's a regular season game or if it's a playoff game. I mean, he has this intensity. I'm going to counter that. I'm going to counter that. I think you're right. There's guys that don't like to lose, and and I and I think most I think most players don't like to lose. Mark Stone likes to win more than any player I've watched, and, and, and I, I I think there's a difference there. It may not it may sound silly, but mm-hmm. I think I I don't think I've ever watched a player enjoy winning. As much as Mark Stone enjoys winning, yeah, you could you could definitely tell that that he really really likes to win. But what what where where I see it is the games where where they lose. His next game, like last night, he had two goals, right? Like 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 he played a phenomenal game last night, coming on the heels of of the loss to Los Angeles on Sunday. Like when they lose games, he he really seems to pick it up a notch the following game. Yeah. You're 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 not wrong on that. He's uh, he's having one of those career years. He's a man possessed. He wants to win the Stanley Cup, and he is doing everything he can to make this team a contender. And that does not uh, stop him from putting the team on his back. And he's he's been able to do that this year. Uh, One timers are coming up next. Uh, news and notes from around the National Hockey League. We've got a couple of little tidbits for you as we close in on the stretch drive towards the National Hockey League trade deadline are the sellers becoming more clear or do we have some time to go on that it's the bgk insider show on fox sports las vegas on to the near wing big shot he scores it's time for one timers quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day and it's a tie hockey game on the bgk insider show Got some uh, COVID news to tell you about in the National Hockey League as it relates to a couple of teams. Uh, the Anaheim Ducks canceled their practice in Minnesota today. Four players entering COVID protocol. The Ducks saying that their game against the Wild tomorrow is expected to go ahead as scheduled. Meanwhile, the Montreal Canadiens have had three more games postponed because of protocol. This is after they had the game yesterday against the Edmonton Oilers uh, postponed. No dates have been uh, announced for Montreal's uh, makeup games against the Ottawa Senators on Sunday. Uh, so that's uh, the story there. Uh, Wednesday's game and Friday's game against Edmonton have been PPD'd. 
uh, two players were placed into protocol uh, Monday, Joel Marina and Jesperi Kalkinemi. That's, uh, that's bad news, but the Oilers, this is uh, good news. They uh, are scheduled to play Toronto on Saturday. That game's going to go ahead, so nothing uh, as far as uh, contact tracing is going to impact the, the Edmonton Oilers. But uh, a couple of teams facing COVID challenges right now in the Minnesota Wild inside the West Division, or sorry, the Anaheim Ducks inside the West Division in Minnesota, and the, the Montreal Canadiens. Curtis Gabriel. Your buddy, you guys, uh, he listens to the show, actually. Listens to the podcast, yeah. anyway, from the San Jose Sharks. Uh, and Coach Bob Buchner were each fined by the National Hockey League today uh, following an altercation between the Sharks and the Los Angeles Kings last night uh, during the pregame warm-up, which has become a fan fest, really, because nobody <laughs> warms up anymore. They just skate around and do a little stick handling and all this kind of stuff. Uh, uh, I actually asked... Hot take. I, no, I asked Colby Armstrong this mm-hmm. maybe two years ago, uh, former sure. National Hockey League here. Scored the first ever goal in the Winter Classic. I said, Colby, if they take away the pregame warm-up and just give you like five minutes before the anthem, would you be fine? He's like, yeah, it'd be no different. Because they warm up, then they go to the dressing room, and they flood, they get they get all cold. He's like, it's contradictory. We warm up, and then we sit around for 15, 20 minutes. So it doesn't <laughs> big deal. Anyway, uh, I digress. Uh, Gabriel and uh, Coach Bob Bugner were fined because during the pregame warm-up, Gabriel cross-checked L.A. defenseman Curtis McDermott in the back near center ice. Uh, they were teammates, by the way, in junior. Yeah. Uh, they then fought in the first period, mm-hmm. and Gabriel came out on the, uh, the front end of that one, the good end of that. But yeah, you can't you can't get involved in uh, in warm up. Gabriel's an interesting guy, I, very very noticeable on social media. Yep. Uh, the, in a good way. In a good way, yeah. Mm-hmm. What he does during the game and how he handles things, there's some some questions there. Sure. Yeah. He, he doesn't have fair. some. There's there's people that think that he does. He's a bit of a. Uh, sideshow. I, I guess I could say that. Sideshow. Distraction. Well, you, uh, you, out I mean, there. you just said it. Yeah. But sometimes I say things and then I go, well, wow, that's, that's too harsh. No, I think sideshow or distraction uh, would be good. But he's, uh, he's going to have to pay, uh, pay a fine. Uh, the Boston Bruins uh, could return to practice on Wednesday. They have been mm-hmm. dealing with, uh, with COVID uh, challenges, but uh, tests do indicate that uh, that they're trending in the right direction. Uh, I didn't give you an opportunity to talk about all that COVID stuff. Is there anything you wanted to add to that? Uh, not not really. I mean, we've we've understood that it was a part of this season. We've we've had moments and pockets where we, in terms of you and me and the Golden Knights and and the fans within this division, have have kind of dealt with the ramifications and. It's it's continued um, reminders like this that that this is still kind of the the operating guide for this season and flexibility is important. Alexander Vechkin on the subject of flexibility uh, did not practice because of a lower body injury today. Oof. Uh, status for Thursday's game they don't play until Thursday against New Jersey is yeah. unknown. Do you play him against New Jersey when he's dealing with something or do you look at it? It's New Jersey might be able to. to lights him up and he's chasing all these these records right now well i think i think that's the hard the hard question to answer right like it 
do you necessarily need Alexander Ovechkin to to play against the New Jersey Devils? Uh, probably not. And if there's going to be risk that that lower body injury could turn into something that's more week to week than day to day, I think you you certainly can't play him in the game. But I mean, I I think from a, from a durability standpoint, Alex Ovechkin has been very very durable his entire career. Amazing. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if he plays. But, I mean, if there's any doubt whatsoever that you're not going to do more damage, then uh, you have to sit him. You have to sit him. He uh, didn't score on Saturday for the first time in six games, so maybe that was a sign that he's dealing with the lower body injury. Uh, He missed uh, four games earlier this season while in COVID protocol. Yeah. Uh, He's only missed more than four games once in his 16 seasons. That's incredible. Saying for as hard as he played for the first decade plus of his career, like bowling ball with razor blades on it, just out there he's, crashing and he's, banging. He's, it's the Russian machine. He doesn't break. Come on. And and did not break. Who's the guy in Rocky? Who's the uh, the boxer? The opponent in Rocky? Well, there's multiple oh, I, Rocky movies. I don't, I don't know. The the Russian. The, oh, Ivan Drago. There, thank there you. There it is. Well. I, who do you think I was talking about? The Russian machine and then multiple. I wasn't talking about Apollo. Oh, okay. Well. Linus Allmark was back to practice. Uh, uh, <laughs> the goalie could return to the lineup for, for the Sabres' uh, four-game road trip. Allmark's missed 13 games because of a lower body injury. It's yeah. a day-to-day thing. Uh, but aren't we all, really? Uh, Sabres coach yes. Don Granado uh, said Dustin Tokarski will start against Pittsburgh. Tukarski went in yesterday in relief of Carter Hutton uh, uh-huh. on on uh, on Monday after Hutton played like three minutes uh, in, in that game. Uh, Tukarski hadn't played a National Hockey League game in four years. Uh, it's uh, it's wild what's going on in Buffalo. Now I've lost 14 games in a row. Does the well hold on? Does the post well, yeah. well hold on? Does the postponed game against Boston on Saturday technically break the losing streak? No. Well, it's it should. made up. It's it's made up later. No, it should. I, listen, I'm just trying to be helpful right now to the Buffalo Sabres. Um, like, Linus Olmark is maybe my favorite NHL name right now. Like, it's it's very possible that that's my favorite name in the league right now. Why? Um. I mean, the Buffalo Sabres just need to win a hockey game. Like, I, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know when, I don't know where, but they, they've got to find a way to just win one. You know, just, just one. And you know, when Linus Olmark gets healthy, I think they'll have a chance to do that. Uh, Gustafson won his first National Hockey League start last night for the Ottawa Senators. Mm-hmm. Do you see what happened at the end of the game? Uh, yeah. Nice, nice job, Calgary. Yeah, sideshow. So Calgary, Calgary skating off the ice. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. They uh, I can't remember who it was. Took the puck and grabbed it, and it was Brady Kachuk who just like marched towards the Calgary yeah. bench, like give yeah. us a puck back. So it's interesting because Matthew Kachuk's on the Calgary Flames. Yeah. So the the puck gets thrown down to the ice, and who who grabs it with a stick and like hammers it down the ice? But Matthew Kachuk with Brady skating hard towards the towards the milestone puck i don't blame ottawa for being sour well no i okay so (laughs) 
there's a lot of different layers to this, but I think that it goes back to the comments from Matthew Kachuk before he and Brady faced off for the first time this season in which he said, if you guys think we're going to fight, you're, you're crazy. Well, if you continue to do stuff like that, given the fact that it was Matthew Kachuk firing the puck down the ice. No, he didn't it grab great. it to start. Like that, no, 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 I'm no, not he didn't, blaming him he didn't, he didn't, but he did fire it, it down him. the ice. Like he, well, okay. He did fire it down the ice. Mm-hmm. Like there was a little bit of disrespect right then and there from Matthew Kachuk, and Brady Kachuk was right in the middle of it. Uh, if, I mean, I'll tell you this. If the Ottawa Senators keep beating the Calgary Flames, then that that starts to become a, a very distinct possibility because it's not going as well, I think, as the Flames would hope that it is right now with Daryl Sutter. And uh, it's been better, but not like where I think they want it to be. Losing to Ottawa certainly doesn't four help and that. Three under Daryl, I, I think they want to be six and one. Yeah, right. Like it, it, it's better, not great. And that was good. That for, was good, by the way. When I said they're four and three under Daryl, and you said six and one, I would have countered that with like they'd rather be eight and two. Like I wouldn't have got the math right. <laughs> like I, I don't, I don't always, I don't always math correctly. But, but that, that was good. Was, that was solid. That was a rare. That was yeah. a rare moment for me. <laughs> why? Um, I'm giving you credit. Why Go is ahead, it Chapman. that Calgary is such an unlikable team? Like what? Like generally, because teams, they do stuff like that, but, Chapman. But, but that's just it. Like generally, teams who do stuff like that are good. The Calgary Flames aren't good, and yet they're probably the most unlikable team in the league. Do you, Do you guys remember earlier on in the season when Jake Muzzin? flipped a puck into Matthew Kachuk at the end of the game yeah. and, and everyone lost their mind. I like that. Yeah, me that too. Was great. That's something I would do for sure. I, I'm uh, sure you have. Uh, yeah, I've probably done a couple of things stupid like that. Uh, there's something else I was going to mention uh, about uh, that. The I Calgary Flames and how petty they yeah, are? Yeah, there was something about... Oh, uh, what happens first? Uh, the Buffalo Sabres win a game mm-hmm. or hmm, can't, I can't remember what my comparable was. There was a, there was a really good comparable to that and it had was it all Colorado to do or Col- yeah. No, no, no. Cause, cause I, I'm not going there because Colorado plays Vegas twice this week. <laughs> I actually thought that one through oh, without, uh, with, without stepping in it. So how, that's how about, uh, <laughs> Vasilevsky loses a game considering he's won 11 straight. Uh, yes, boy, is he uh, is he going good? Uh, the 2021 National Hockey League draft lottery will be released uh, reduced from three drawings to two. So, uh, what they've done in the past is uh, draw number one, uh, ping pong ball, you get the third overall pick. Draw number two, ping pong ball, you get the second overall pick. Draw number three, you get the first overall pick. So that's the way they did it. Now they're going to just do two draws. First draw, you get the second overall pick. Uh, second draw, you get the first overall pick. And then everybody else just slots in after. That's for this year's draft lottery. Moving forward to next year, 2022, teams will be restricted from moving up more than 10 spots. So even if you're, there's only 15 teams in the, uh, well, now there'll be 16 moving forward. Uh, 16 teams uh, out of the playoffs. If you're the 16th team, you can only move up to pick number six overall. 
Uh, now, right now, if you win the draft lottery, you can move from 15 all the way up to uh, to the top three and get potentially sure. get the number one. Uh, and teams cannot win the draft lottery more than twice in a five-year period. That's interesting. After a couple of teams have go- gone on big draft lottery runs, wins in the draft lottery prior to 2022 will not be counted towards this total. I like what they've done here. No knee-jerk reactions, took their time, and they've come up with a couple of really good... I'm, I'm not crazy about being limited to move up uh, sure. uh, a number of spots. I'd still like that to be wide open, but I'll accept it. Like, I, I'm okay with the with the cap on how, how many times you can win in a certain period. Like, I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, I'm kind of with you on the uh, you can only move up 10 spaces because then, like, what, for me, like, what's the point of the lottery then? Like... It's a lottery for a reason, right? Like it's it's left to chance at, at, at to a certain degree, and and if you win, <laughs> then you win. Like that's, that's let me just the think out loud and, here. Say mm-hmm. I win the draft lottery next year in twenty twenty two, and yeah. I win it the next year. So I've got my two times in five years, and mm-hmm. I still miss the playoffs. Doesn't that give these sixteen teams? In the draft lottery, the other, sorry, the other fifteen teams, a better chance of winning the draft lottery because I'm excluded. Would stand a reason. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Just doing that. Oh, I, I figured it out. We, I remember what I was going to say. Now in, the, in this I, in this segment, good math. Yeah, uh, I remember what I was going to say. What happens first? Ottawa or uh, Buffalo wins a game, mm-hmm. or Chapman finally cuts music that will last this entire segment. <sighs> okay. Um... Buffalo will go on a five-game winning streak before we have music that covers this entire segment. Well, here's here's the problem. The Buffalo Sabres play the Pittsburgh Penguins tomorrow and Thursday. Mm-hmm. So probably won't happen for Buffalo this week. Then they've got Boston on Saturday. How many games in a row uh, does Buffalo have to lose before we have music that doesn't stop halfway through this segment and gets restarted? Well, you, you know, um, hold on, hold on. So, so I, I think I think that the Buffalo Sabres will win another hockey. They will win a hockey game before Chapman has music that gets us through the entire segment. Mm-hmm. I have to beat Buffalo. I got to beat the Sabres. <laughs> oh, so now, now you're motivated. I, now he's motivated. Yeah, now you're motivated. Well, I, mean, I mean, that that's <laughs> that's like being dumped at the altar if you lose to the Sabres right now. So, <laughs> so now we know what gets uh, Chapman motivated. No, nah, the Sabres will probably still win a game before I, I get the new music. At least you're a realist. <laughs> yeah, if it happens, you are going to face some heat on Thursday if they beat the uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Those are your one-timers for this Tuesday, March on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Findlay Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here's Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Hey, well, I have your attention. Uh, my podcast drops a new episode tomorrow. Chirp with Aaron Millard. You're going to want to check that one out. Who are you talking uh, to? Uh, I'm not sure I'm going to say just yet, but let's just I'll, – I'll talk about it tomorrow a little bit, but it's, uh, it's a good one. It's somebody in and around just, the hockey world, but not exactly in and around the hockey world. It's really well, cool. I just, I, I just I wasn't sure like if you if you meant like hey Ryan uh, I oh I know yeah I should no no this isn't one of those ones oh, okay. where I'm saying hey uh, make it. sure you ask me uh, no I'm not 
I get a little leery about uh, about releasing that stuff when I don't have permission. Sure. Because it's in partnership yeah. with the NHL. But it's it's a really yeah. it's the coolest guest I've had that doesn't play in the NHL. Let me let me ask you a question. Is it yeah. the guest that made you feel incredibly out of touch one day? Uh yeah, I guess so. Oh a little bit. Oh, okay. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh so we have catching up with Chapman. Let's, uh, let's go. I want to know about someone making you feel out of touch, like you had an old guy moment. Out of touch. Uh, well, I'm, <laughs> I'm out of touch. Uh, I love that this is cutting into Chapman's time. No, yeah, no, it's because, just because I, I, he's cutting into like his Darren, own time. Well, he's well, he's no, not going mean, to bite I mean, Chapman. Catching up with Chapman could be me just laughing at you getting dunked on by someone because they made you feel like you were did old. Did you cut that promo Yeah, I did, yes. It's it's in there, yes. Because <laughs> Pete, Pete dunked on you a little bit there, <laughs> Mr. Mr. High Energy. Pete DeBoer. But uh, big congratulations to Kevin Kruger. He's been named the new UNLV men's basketball coach, former player here, led the team to the Sweet 16. I guess it was 2007, so a long time ago. He takes over for T.J. Otzelberger, who, well, we won't Bolted. Really, well, we, we won't left, talk right? about, about the T.J. Otzelberger era at UNLV because it was not very good. He left so fast he's got to mail back his keys. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean... And, and and let's be honest. I I understand his wife is went played at Iowa State, but who wants to live in Ames, Iowa? I I, I don't. Apparently, T.J. Otzelberger. I, I I don't know. I mean, like there, there's talk about the San Diego State coach maybe leaving San Diego and going to play in or going to coach in Minnesota. I mean, San Diego, Minneapolis. Unless the money is like we're talking like tens of millions of dollars. I'm probably tens st- of millions. Yeah, I'm. I'm probably tens your- of millions. I'm, I'm- so, so like, like five million wouldn't do it for you. No, it's got to be on, tens on, of millions. Hold on, you, wait you, a minute. Wait a minute. I got into San Diego. Chapman, Chapman, Chapman. Yes. Let me ask you a question. If you were offered your job, yes. and nothing changed, and you were, I don't know, you were bumped up in pay five times what you're making right now, but you had to move to Minneapolis or Iowa. You wouldn't do that? Nope. Nope. Okay. No. I'm sorry. I I left the cold for a reason, and... So you wouldn't do it for $4 million? Well... Four million dollars is, 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 is not five. That, that's a no, lot you of said times. Tens of millions. Okay, no, okay, fine. Would, I was would you do it for a million dollars? Yes, yes, I would. For a million dollars, okay. yes. A million dollars a year, absolutely. You are so shallow. What do you mean shallow? I'm, I'm not going to disclose what I make on the air, but a million dollars would be life changing money for for I think all of us. So, uh, yeah, I I Minneapolis. I could kick it like... Well, uh, what, I can tell you this. What was, you got uh, no shot of moving to Minneapolis or Iowa after what you just said about those well, I, two I places. Wouldn't, I, there's no amount of money you could pay me to move to Iowa. You just said well, you just for, said you for a million dollars. Minneapolis, I would. No, that's not Iowa. Iowa, no thanks. I've been there. I'll pass. That's catching up with Chapman. <laughs> Why we do it every day, I have no idea. Thanks to Keegan Colasar for joining us on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.